0: And I'm reading out of the King James Version of Malachi 3, verse 3. One verse. He shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. He being God, and he is the refiner offering us as sons of Levi, purging us gold and silver again that they or we may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you have spoke to us through your word many ways, through prophets, through Christ, through the recorded word in our scripture speaking to our hearts by Your Holy Spirit. You've even brought to us mercy and grace. And this morning, I ask that You would speak to us in the storms of life, in these places in our lives where they don't make sense, where they don't seem just or right or fair. Heavenly Father, I ask that You would dwell with us, remind us that You inhabit us, that there's nothing going on within us that Your Spirit doesn't search out even deeper than we know ourselves. Heavenly Father, You even are able to discern between joint and marrow, soul and spirit by Your Holy Spirit and Word. So this morning, I'm asking You to give us discernment. And not only discernment, but recognition and revelation and awareness that we as Your people would come together as one And be reminded that this day you spoke to you, your heart in us. And you also spoke to you, Lord Jesus, in us. That we would be one with you. Heavenly Father, may that communion, that righteousness as a gift shine through in us now. And remind us we are never alone. I ask you these things, Heavenly Father, that you would speak to us. And that end, may the words in my mouth, the meditations in our hearts, and the thoughts in our minds be acceptable in thy sight. O oh, Lord God, you are our strength, our rock, and my Redeemer. Amen. I got a phone call a few years ago from a man, and he said, I'm having problems, I need to talk. And I said, what's going on? He said, well, my company seems to be going towards bankruptcy. My home finances are a mess. My marriage is a mess. I've got people calling me four or five times a day asking for money. I can't go anywhere without someone telling me I owe them something. My whole life is getting worse and worse and worse. I prayed to God and I can't seem to make any more money than what I'm making I can't prosper I can't pay anybody off and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse what am I supposed to do and I said well you've prayed by. he says yes I said you sought counsel of godly men he says yes I have and you're the next and I'm asking you to pray I don't know what else to do I'm about at the end of my rope and I said to him one simple phrase I said it sounds to me like God's got you in the crucible he said What's that? What I share with him, I share with you this morning. Have you ever seen or been aware of like the steel making process in Pittsburgh? How that works? When I was a kid I remember pictures of those 10 to 15 foot tall buckets about 8 feet across carrying a couple hundred, or maybe a couple tons of molten steel making steel I remember all the sparks flying in the pictures and I I was fascinated by that. And I remembered the process, but I I was not real uh, attentive in school. So when I wanted to know more about it, I had to learn again. And I want to share with you how they make steel. Not Not the whole process, but how it starts. You'd think, well, you just put some stuff in the thing and melt it down and it becomes what it needs to be. It's not the case. Did you know it starts off with dynamite? I didn't know that. They take dynamite and they bury it in ground where ferrite rock is. And they blast the the ferrite rock to break it up so they can put it in trucks and haul it away. And they make it small enough to put into that vat. But that ferrite rock is what holds iron ore. And that iron ore is a basic component of steel. Well, there are other things they add, carbon, nickel, any type of different things to make that steel. But what they do is they take this stuff and it's like like rock. You know, it's powder format. Not really anything close to a steel you'd make a sink with or a car or a microphone or an aluminum-based phone. None of that looks the same. But I, as, as I got curious about this process, I thought, well, you just stick you know, those things in there, you melt it, and there it is, it's steel, and you're ready to go. That's not how it works. As a matter of fact, there are over 200 recipes is what they call it, for people who ask for different kinds of steel. you got stainless steel, you got steel for automobiles, which is a different kind of steel, for aluminum block engines. All these different manufacturers want different kinds of steels for different things. And it has to be to a specific recipe, and they, and they can do that automatic, automatically now. But what they do is they take this uh, raw materials and put it in this um, crucible, is what they call it, this almost like a kiln for pottery, but huge, and, uh, and they heat it up, superheated. They use coal uh, to make the fire. I don't know if you knew that, but coal is used in the steel-making process to make it hot enough because coal burns at apparently a very high temperature. And they take that heat, and they heat that steel to 3,000 degrees, I believe is the number, Fahrenheit. Those materials melt, at that temperature, and they fuse together and begin to stir, and when it's about time for it to get to the point where they fuse, they super-inject hot, hot oxygen in that steel mix, and they say it's the most incredible fireworks you'll ever see, just like an explosion, and that's when steel makes and happens. As soon as that's done, they pour it, and then they take it and make sheets, and uh, after they pour it into a a flat tray and begin to cool it and roll it into a roll, and then they send it off where it needs to be. Didn't know all that, but that's the process. And you say, oh, that's really nice. Why is iron ore and steel making process relevant for my life? Well, I share with you that God sometimes takes us and refines us. Even says in Malachi that He's a refiner, has a refiner's fire and he's going to purify as a refiner of silver and a purifier of gold and purging of gold and silver. Now, silver and gold have different refining processes than uh, steel would, simply because you're not adding stuff to gold and silver, you're taking it away. But the process is very, very similar. What they put it in is called a crucible. Again, for gold, it's 2,000 degrees. For silver, 2,192 degrees. And you say, what, what, what's the difference? Because at different temperatures, different impurities come out. And with the silver, they put nitric acid in it. And that nitric acid makes that silver break away and cling to a magnetic field. And the other stuff won't attach. And that's kind of what they do with gold. They heat it up. To a temperature and take a, a metal magnet that can handle the heat and pull the gold out and the impurities stay behind. But there is another process that goes along with that and I want to share that with you. You see, God says He's refining us like gold. And gold, when it comes out of the ground, is dirty. And gold is one of the most precious metals on earth. And what they do to refine that is they take it and they heat it up. And at a certain temperature, all the metal particles in gold and all the garbage that's in it rise to the top. And those little particles, they can actually scrape off and put them aside. They don't throw those particles away either. They keep them because there's still a little bit of gold on them. But that gold which is left over, they take and they pour it into a mold to cool it. And when they pour it, that gold is flaming hot fire. The gold is actually pouring and it's shooting out flames, golden flames of gold, as it's poured in. That's how hot it is at 2,000 degrees. And it cools down gradually. Once it's cooled down, you would think, well, okay, it's ready to be used. No, it's not. It's still not, period. They take it out of the mold after it's cooled and they put it back in and heat it up again. And more impurities come to the surface. They do this a few times. This is the old process, the way it was done in the Old Testament. They did that a few times to get them impurities to the top, would scrape them off, and get rid of them, and pour it again into the mold. Four or five times they would do that. That's how they would refine gold for the temple in Old Testament days. And they knew it was done. Do you know how they could tell When gold was refined, when the refiner could look in at the melted gold and see his face, his own reflection. Each time that he got more impurity off, his reflection was clearer and clearer. Pure gold has a reflective property of nearly 100%, where you can see yourself perfectly if you're looking into it. Better than a mirror. And so that's how good gold is for reflective properties. And that's how they knew it was done, because they could see themselves. If it was a little blurry, let's refine it again. And they usually did that about five times. Purity at that time wasn't as good as it is now. Now they have a process where they can make it so pure that you can't even tell that it's not pure. And I'll tell you about that in a moment, but I want to share with you that that, thing which they put the gold in to heat it is called a crucible. And that's what I believe my friend was in, was a crucible. That he was getting heated up and he couldn't handle it. So I asked the question to him that I asked you this morning. Have you ever been in a place in your life where it was so difficult and you couldn't get out of it and just kept getting worse and worse and worse? God, why won't this change? Why do I keep repeating this mistake? Why won't you answer my prayers? God probably has you in the fire of that crucible trying to get out some impurities in your life to focus on Him rather than the stuff that's bugging you in the world around you. He's trying to burn some stuff off is what I'm trying to say. There are some things in us that are not 100% Christ-like. Each person is imperfect, has had sin and iniquity and has leaves stains and residues and the only way God can get those to come to the surface is to put you in the fire gold that's what our scripture says he purifies us as gold if you flip back one book from Malachi into the Old Testament into the 13th chapter is the book of Zechariah and Zechariah says in that last verse of that 13th chapter talking about the people who God has redeemed he says I will bring them through fire I will refine them as silver is refined and I will try them as gold is tried. And they shall call on my name, I will hear them. I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, the Lord is my God. Now this try them as gold is tried is a little different than the refining process. The refining process for silver, basically you get pure silver the first try. So He's going to go and bring us through the purification with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in us. When we're under the blood of Christ, we're a done deal. We're righteous. But there's some purification like gold that needs to happen. And what He's saying by trying is I'm going to look at your life and see where you line up and don't line up with My Word. And I'm going to try it. I'm going to test and prove the parts of your life that are holy and the parts of your life that are not so holy, not so much. And it says, when this is done and this process is complete, not in the middle, not at the beginning, when it's completed, they will call on me and I will hear them then. God wants us to be aware that He's God and He's the one in control, not us. That He's not a, a, a servant, errand runner. He's not a person to go, okay God, you need to fix this, fix this, thank you, I'm busy, you just take care of it. He's not like that. He wants us to know that He is the strength and source of every part of who we are in our lives. That we need Him every single moment of every day and without Him we can do nothing. If we're not there, He's going to put the fire a little hotter. It is at that point when we've gone through that process That God will say, this is my child. And we say, God is my God. Not me, not my job, not my family, not my career. Nothing but God is God to me. And He only do I put on the throne of my life. And that is important because we each one need to put God there and leave Him there and not take Him off that throne. Amen? Amen? Some of us kind of agree with that. I think if there's anything between you and God, that thing is is your God. If you put something else before Christ in your life, that thing is your God. And God's going to burn that off, even if it means at the point of losing it. And that's what my friend was doing, putting 100% of his effort into his job. And God was burning it away. He didn't like that. He said, I don't know how to pay my debts anymore. i got not enough money coming in. I didn't even know how to make my own bills. And I said, is it hot enough yet? Have you learned yet? God is trying to teach us something that we need to rely on Him. And there's something that blocks our reliance on Him in our lives. There's something in our lives that He's trying to make us more righteous so that when we get into the tests and tribulations in the world, that we don't fall back into erroneous way of living. That we don't trust Him in it. God is trying to get us to trust Him in the fire. Well, I don't mean like in a foxhole either. I mean in the fire, whether He gets you out or not, that you trust Him. I know it sounds like a nice idea until the fire starts getting hot. And then life is tough. Maybe you've... um, experienced some struggles in life. Maybe you've understood what I'm talking about. But I've got to tell you that our Scriptures are covered with examples of things that God does. And in Isaiah, it's the cover of our bulletin, has this verse. Maybe you read that and went, ooh, (laughs) that was my intent. (laughs) It's a very uncomfortable verse in Isaiah 48. He says, I've refined you, but not with silver, or as silver. Your furnace is affliction. God is trying to get us to bend to His will. And we have to be pliable. True gold, pure gold, is very pliable. It's very soft metal. As a matter of fact, when they made the most precious metal coin in Canada, that coin was so Fragile, if you handled it with your hand, it would damage it. That's how soft pure gold is. And they don't make it very often. As a matter of fact, they made a a 100 kilogram gold coin just for uh, promotional purposes. It was 99.999% pure gold. 100 kilograms. And they put the value of the coin on it. If you were to trade it as a store, $2 million. That's a lot of gold. That's a big coin. 100 kilograms, that's about 220 pound coin. <laughs> they thought it would be just a nice thing to show how good their process is of refining at that particular refinery. And five people bought coins. Made to order. They're not going to mass produce these five people have bought those coins. And they had to pay Three and a half million dollars for a two million dollar coin. It's true. But I want to tell you why they did. Not because they're unique, but because they're 99.999% pure. Most gold that we buy in the United States is 14 karat. Some of it's a little more, 18, 20. Every now and then you'll see 24 karat gold But 14 karat is about 58% gold content. And the reason we don't put more gold in it is because we need to have stronger metals to keep it from being damaged. You have a 14 karat gold ring, it won't be uh, broken by wearing it and, and misshapen. If it were 24 karat gold and you tried to pull your wedding band off over a knuckle, it would band. Badly. So in in the United States, 14 karat. True 24 karat gold is 100% pure. There is no such thing. 99.999% is the closest. When they made the the Canadian gold maple leaf coin, and they started doing this in the late 60s, early 70s, it was 99.95% pure. At that time, it was the purest gold. Fairly pure, wouldn't you say? And I want to tell you that that gold coin may have had a dollar face value, five dollar face value, but it was worth much, much more. As a matter of fact, an ounce of regular gold, I think is like $1,300 right now. If you buy Canada gold from one of the refineries there that's highly purified, you're not going to pay $1,300 for that. You're going to pay about 5000 or more for the same weight in gold because of its purity. It's pure gold. You say, well, wait a minute, I don't really care if it's a little bit cold, or kind of pure gold. Well, let me tell you why it's valuable and then maybe you will care. And maybe you'll understand why I told my friend was in a crucible. You see, God has a purpose for each one of us. He's got a plan to be very successful for you, very prosperous. And there's different levels of prosperity in that plan. You can be a little bit, a lot of it, or a great bunch of it, depending on how willing you are to listen to God and follow His will, His way, and be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Most gold, when it's refined, Australian gold, other gold, is about 99% pure. In Canada, they decided to make the process a little bit more stringent. And I'm going to liken it to this. When gold is purified, normally they run through the process about four times, as I was sharing in the Old Testament is how they did that. Four to five times, you get about 99% pure. But you know, pure gold isn't 99% pure. It's 100%. So they found a process to purify it better. More heat. More stuff added to it. More process. And here's how I want to liken this for you. Canada gold is the most precious metal, gold-wise, on earth. They're the only country in the world that can make gold this well refined. But what they do is they pour gold, like I said, into a, a little mold, and, and they look at it and they pour it back in four or five times to get regular gold. Canada gold looks at that process and said, that's not even close to pure. And they said, we'll do something like that process, but it'll be like a thousand times. And that will get us 99.95% pure gold. Do you understand from 4 times to a 1,000 times only gets you 0.5% more purity? 0.95, less than a percent more purity. 900 times through the fire just to get a little bit more pure. Just a little bit more. But to get it all the way, you have to not only do that, but some outside forces have to force pressure onto you. And they have a a chemical bath that they put this stuff in. And it it changes the very nature of the gold for a moment. And the gold has to be superheated. And its nature changes at that temperature. They infuse things in it. And then all those purities come out. And it's a very expensive, time-consuming process. But once they do that several times, that's when you get that most pure gold. The process, I believe, is called the Wellington process. Only Canada does it. And I want to tell you why that's important. Because you and I, by God's decree, came through the fire to be believers. We knew that our lives were ungodly. That we had to surrender our will and our heart and give Jesus Christ our life and ask Him to forgive us and be merciful unto us and receive His salvation. That is the first fire. Humbling ourselves before God. God says, you're mine now. I've declared you as righteous, but you're not even 99% pure yet. You're just righteous. I need you to know that faith is found in the fire. So I'm going to set you through some trials after you've been born again. You'll first of all have that joy, then some trials will come. And God's going to see how far along you've trusted Him. And those trials won't be super bad, but they'll be bad enough that you'll need to call on God. And He'll bring you through them, and you'll go, wow, look what God did. You're so excited. And you'll go, wow, that's great. I trust Him even more. And God's going to say, good. You learned that I'm the one you can trust. Let's turn the heat up. And here is what I want to share with you. God puts us in the crucible. He does not put us in the fire. God is a refiner, not a destroyer of His people. Which means He doesn't throw us into the flames. He puts us in the crucible. And do you know what the crucible looks like? It's like a bucket. But God says, a bucket I don't trust. It looks kind of like a porcelain-based kiln. But God doesn't trust the porcelain-based kiln. He only trusts one thing in that fire. And do you understand, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fire, who was in there with them? God. The only thing God trusts in that fire to hold you in the fire is Himself. So the crucible looks like this. And God says, You're in My hands, and My hands are in the fire holding you. I know when you've had too much. I know when your raw materials are mixing together and becoming pure. I know when the right stuff needs added to your life to make you into the purpose I've made you for. Some of us are made like steel, to be for steel purposes. Some of us, He's purging out like the junk out of gold. But He's the one who's in the fire. And so I told my friend, I said, you're in the crucible. I said, what do you mean? He said, God's got you in His hands. You belong to Him. He's got you in the fire, not you. And he said, but I can't get out of the fire. It's getting worse. I said, God's got you in His hands. He's in the fire. You're just feeling the heat, and you don't want to change. But God's trying to change you to stop doing the things that keep throwing you into debt. And you refuse to listen. So He's got to keep you in the fire longer To you say, God, I can't handle it anymore. Get me out of the fire. And God does say, no, you ain't changed yet. And He said, well, what am I supposed to do? And this is what I tell Him. I tell you, God, turn up the heat. Do it quicker. I can't stay any longer in this pain. It hurts too much. Get it done now. Until we come to the place we say, God, I'm in the fire, and whether I'm in or out, it's your choice. And, and, and whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And if you're not at that point, he's got to turn the heat up, and it's a gradual gradually heating. I told him, pray God, turn the heat up. Make it hotter so you'll change quicker. Because it's got to be at a certain temperature, and each one of us is a different heat. Some of us it only takes a few degrees before we call on God and we surrender. Some of us are so stubborn and we don't want to change it. It's thousands of degrees, but God's not going to let the fire destroy you. He knows what you can handle. He knows where your life is broken rather than changed in the fire. He doesn't want you to be destroyed. That's why He holds you there. And He's looking at you saying, you're starting to mix a little in with my purpose here. You're starting to surrender. You're starting to give up that raw materials. You're starting to conform to my pattern of my will for your life. You're starting to look like me. You're starting to melt a little bit. Your resistance is going away. I'm ready. Are you? If you're not ready, God says, let me get this flame a little hotter, but I'm still keeping you safe. The only place Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were safe in that day is in the furnace. And what did the priest, I'm mean, sorry, the king say Abednego, uh, what was his name? King Abednego. No, Abednego. I can't remember his name. <laughs> that's Shadim, that's right. Abednego, that's the guy in the fire. He said what? Make the fire seven times hotter. That's when God shows up. Is when the flames are hotter. So you know... He's with you in those moments. He's got you in the crucible. God's not trying to stop the pain. He's trying to heal you through it and restore you so you'll stop fighting His will for your life. He doesn't want you to give up. He wants you to surrender. Once you surrender, God says, good, now I can pour you as liquid into the shape and purpose that I have for you, which you've been refusing when I tried hammering you there in the first place. Gold is not fashioned by hammering when it's not pure. It just destroys it. But pure gold can be fashioned with hardly any force whatsoever. why they can resize rings without damaging them, it's compliant. You know that? They don't have to add more gold. They just fashion the way they're supposed to go. They're willing. That's what God wants from you and I. To be willing. Whatever He wants. So if you're in the fire, something's happening, you don't got it, why don't you heal this, fix it, take care of it? God's going, are you different because you've gone through this? Are you moldable? Can I change your will? And am I. Am I incorrect in thinking that maybe you're still fighting God on this? God, fix it! Instead of saying, God, whatever you want from me, mold me, shape me, I'm yours. And you know what my friend said when I told him to turn up the fire? ask God to turn up the fire. Have any idea? He said, if God will change me, because I can't change me. And he has to turn up the fire to do it. Then let's ask him to do it right now. And that's what we pray. Within three months. You can see a change in him. More surrendered. More obedient. If I ask him to do something for the kingdom. You go, I'm in. Whatever you need. Before you go, well, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. He didn't do that anymore. He said, I'm not on the sidelines. Whatever you need, I'm in. Whatever you think God wants from me, I'll do it. Do you understand? He learned that God's purpose and will isn't based on whether it's convenient. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like that either. But it's still true. And so that's what it's all about. That's why I think that a lot of times our prayers don't get answered. is because we're asking God to relieve us rather than change us. Once He changes us, the fire is no longer necessary. Once we are what God needs us to be, He doesn't have to shape us and purify us. But here's the question I want to ask you this morning. Regular gold, 99% pure, goes through about four pourings. Heat, cool, heat, cool, heat, cool. Four times through the fire. The question is, how pure do you want to be? That extra 1% takes about a thousand more cycles of the fire. I don't know if I've got enough days to go through a thousand cycles of fire. But God wants His people is pure gold. It won't be burnt up in the fire. That our works will be tried and some will be gold, silver, metal and some will be burnt up And I'll share with you this. When God talks about works of wood and straw and subtle, that stuff gets burned up. That's when He's refining His gold. What do you think God paves the streets of gold with? It's with the works of the saints who have worked golden works. So my question is, to you, do you want to shine for Jesus and He look at you and see His face there? Or do you just want to see a dim reflection in mind that looks like Him a little bit? Do you want to be a reflection of this world of Jesus Christ as Corinthians tells us, that we behold Him as a reflection of the glory of God? Or do you just want people to kind of see you? Moses was face to face with the living God and His face shone like His sun. Until your face shines like the sun, there's more purifying to do. The question is are you willing? Are you going to be angry at God because He hasn't taken you out of that fire? It's not going to destroy you. God will not let it destroy you. His word promises that. So will you let it mold you in His hand. For His purposes. And say, God, heat me up slow or turn it up hot. And do it quick. Or do it slow. But God's going to do it regardless until you become the person He asks you to be. Would you pray with me? God, I know I'm raw material. So much of me I haven't Let go of. But I know that your hands have never let go of me. Not each person in this room either. And so I'm asking this morning that as we come before you in this time of prayer, that you speak to our hearts and confirm that you've not let go of us. That which we've gone through in our lives, the afflictions, the struggles, you're trying to mold us and purify us. That you never, ever waste a hurt in our life. You never let us go through anything that your purpose isn't worked through for good. That you're molding it so that we shine like stars. Heavenly Father, I ask that we would not be content until that fire has lit a flame in us That burns brightly and purifies those around us. Heavenly Father, I ask that your words now ring true in our hearts and our lives, ring true with your mercy. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we get ready, there's a video called